Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Kevin Vanderput. Hope you're all doing good. If you don't know me, my name is Kevin. Uh, Sharon and I, my wife, we uh, lead the congregation here in Burgess Hill. Um, it's a pleasure to have you today. We are very little people. I don't know if the heat got everyone tired yesterday and everyone just... Uh, stayed in bed but that's okay we're here and um god wants to speak to us so um we are expecting to hear from him is it right if i pray quickly before we jump into things thank you father lord we just we are so thankful thankful to be here thankful to be in your presence we recognize that we are in your presence right now and we recognize and we know that you want to speak to us today You want to speak to us today, Lord, and I I pray that this message that we're about to share would would be your words, not mine, would be your heart, not anyone else's, Father, and that your will would be done in our lives and not anything else, Father. I thank you for open hearts, open eyes, open ears, everything open, open to your spirit to speak and for us to receive and for you to transform our lives even more as a result. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Right. Um, who was at church in their home last week? Anyone was there? All right. Um, who can tell me what we spoke about? What, what, what series did we start? What was it about? It was about stewardship. Yes, it was about stewardship. So everyone else, you missed out on the first week of that, but that's okay because there is a wonderful thing called technology and on the website, you can uh, follow up what happened, uh, not in church in a home, but uh, there's a wonderful message uh, by, I believe, Colin uh, that you can go and listen at. And we spoke about the same thing in homes, so uh, you can play catch up on there. Um, but yeah, it was our first week coming off the live stream in homes, um, and I think it was a success. I had feedback from different people, from different one of you guys sharing, so um, we're just excited for next week and more of that, so make sure to, yes, Karen, I love it, um, so make sure to sign up, little uh, shameless plug for Church in a Home, but yes, we are in a series on stewardship. Uh, And uh, we looked at three things last week, really. Uh, First, the importance of God being first in our lives. Um, The second one was uh, not to worry, right? Um, Jesus says, do not worry in the passage we saw um, because God is for us and he's with us and he provides for us. So he also calls us as a result to be a generous people. That was the third thing we looked at. So now, hopefully, as a result of last week, you were all able to take some practical steps uh, in your life as a result of what you heard and what God was speaking to you about. Um, and today, we're really going to follow on from that message, uh, and we're going to see in very practical ways how we can honor God and put Him first in our lives. And that very practical way is tithing. Now, tithing is a very interesting subject um, because it's a bit of a hot potato, but it's a biblical principle um, that is linked to our finances. And, And talking about finances, about money, often can leave a bit of a funny feeling in people, right? Um, like money, especially in our culture today, isn't something that, uh, we often openly share about, uh, so, um, but we're going to do we're going to do it we're going to share about money and our finances today and tithing um especially in our current circumstances right uh 
living costs rising, everything that's going on, uh, we might already feel like we might not have enough. So me bringing it up today might not fill you with excitement about this message. But I want to emphasize something before we go any further in this message. Um, Yes, I am employed by the church, right? No, I am not after your money this morning. That is not what this is about. Um, (laughs) We as a church have money in the bank. That is not what this is about either. This message is for your benefit right? It's for your benefit, for my benefit as an individual, uh, not for the church or anything like that. Because um, for me and you, right, as individuals, um, God wants to bless us. He wants to bless you in your life. He wants you to live in abundance and be blessed. But to do that, we need to follow his biblical principles. And so we would do you a massive disservice if we didn't tell you the truth about God's word on tithing and its role in honoring him above everything else and putting him first in our lives. But Hopefully most of you just know my heart in this. And um, let's just get into it, shall we? Uh, It's going to be good. So God wants to bless you beyond what you can imagine. And I really want to emphasize that and start there. God wants to bless you. But in order for him to be blessing you, for his blessing to be released in our lives, there are some principles that we are called to follow. And that's where tithing comes in. And so we're going to try to answer a couple of big questions around tithing. First, what is it? What, what is it? What is tithing? Why is it important? How much should I tithe? And what does all, have, all of that have to do with our hearts? Because that's what we've been talking about last week. Um, so what is tithing? Tithing is generally understood to be bringing 10% of what we earn to our local church, to the body that we belong to. Sounds simple enough right? Um, But because we are talking about money and it can be a bit of a hot potato thing, different people have different opinions on it and they land in different places. Some people are saying, well, it's an Old Testament thing. It's a thing of the law. Uh, Tithing is no longer required. Some others argue about the amount and land in different places there. So hopefully today we can bring a bit of clarity around that subject. So let's start at the beginning, shall we? Always a good place to start because if we start in the middle, we missed out on the beginning. Right. So the first instance of tithing found in Scripture is found in Genesis, the very first book in the Bible. In Genesis 14, um, we found Abram, who's not yet Abraham, um, and he's returned from defeating a king in battle. And then the priest of God, who's Melchizedek there, uh, he was also the king of Salem, but that's just another thing. He was a priest uh, and he brought up bread and wine and he blessed Abram. Right. And as a response, the word says, then Abraham gave him a tenth of everything, it says in the passage. Now, that was the first instance of tithe taking place in the word. Right. In the New Testament, Hebrews 7 refers to Melchizedek actually as a type of Christ, like a picture of what Jesus was going to be like found in the Old Testament. And as such, there's a much deeper meaning and spiritual significance to what Abraham was doing in giving his tithe there. It was not just to a priest, a random person in the Old Testament, but it was to Jesus, to God himself, right? Now that story took place about 430 years before the law was given to the Israelites. So we cannot simply say tithing is a law thing. We're not under the law anymore. So that's it. Dealt with. No, because Abraham did it and Abraham didn't know about the law because it wasn't there yet. Um, Another place that tithing is mentioned in the Old Testament is Proverbs. Uh, In Proverbs 3 it says, 
honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all of your crops. And Proverbs is what is known as a wisdom book. Uh, and we don't really do away with wisdom, do we? We, we? we desire wisdom. We want to be wise. So that's there as well. But even in the New Testament, right, um, we see Jesus mentioned in tithing. In Matthew 23, Jesus says this, Woe to you, teachers. He's having a bit of a go. A lot of people at the time, uh, the Pharisees and teachers of the law that weren't behaving like they should. And so he has a he has a, a seven goes, I believe. Woe this, woe that, woe this. Uh, and this is one of them. And he says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. See, Jesus can have strong words sometimes. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin. I think that's how it's pronounced. I don't know. I'm not from here. But you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat but swallow a camel. I don't know if that's an insult, but um, there it is. But see what it says here, what we want to take out of this bit. He's saying you're giving a tenth of everything that you produce, yet you forgot to practice justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And for us, what is important to note here is that Jesus says you should keep on tithing, right? Because they were tithing even the smallest of what they produced because those three things, mint and whatever, they're very small stuff. So it's like almost a, an after thing. It's not the main stuff that they were producing or whatever. But even that they tithed, which Jesus says, don't neglect to do that. But also don't forget to practice justice, mercy and faithfulness. So Jesus saying, hey, keep tithing, essentially. Um, Timothy Keller, you might know him. He's a, a very, very famous uh, Bible teacher. He actually passed away uh, recently, which is sad. But he said this around tithing. There have been many times when people have come to me as their pastor and asked about tithing, giving away a tenth of their annual income. They noticed that in the Old Testament, there are many clear commands that believers should give away 10%. But in the New Testament, specific quantitative requirements for giving are less prominent. They often ask me, you don't think that now in the New Testament, believers are absolutely required to give away 10%, do you? And I shake my head no. And they give a sigh of relief. Ah, okay, good. But then I quickly add, I'll tell you why you don't see the tithing requirement laid out clearly in the New Testament. Think, have we received more of God's revelation, truth, and grace than the Old Testament believers or less? Usually there is an uncomfortable silence. Are we more debtors of grace than they were or less? Did Jesus tithe his life and blood to save us or did he just give it all? Tithing is a minimum standard for Christian believers. We certainly wouldn't want to be in a position of giving away less of our income than those who had so much less of an understanding of what God did to save them. Isn't that such a powerful little a nugget of gold there? The amount of what Jesus did for us is not measurable. God gave his only son for us. He made a way for us to have a relationship with him, saving us from a life of destruction, a life full of sin, a life without hope. Whatever argument are made around tithing, it's, it's really good to think about that because um, you really have to think, how much has God do, done for us? And in return, he asks for this. 10%. And so why am I umming and ahhing around that rather than I'll gladly give and more? Because 
he's been so good to me, right? Because he still does amazing things, because he's still fighting in my corner. The fact that we argue then about whether or not to give that seems a bit silly, doesn't it? It shows where our hearts might lie. This wrestle in our hearts is there because at the end of the day, it really shows where our treasure lies. We saw that last week, right? Where your heart is, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Because that's, yeah, that was one of our main scriptures last week. So being free from the law doesn't necessarily mean we shouldn't give. After all, we don't commit murder or adultery that easily, do we? No, we still maintain that. So why wouldn't we maintain the rest? But it means that now we can give cheerfully as an act of worship to God because of the relationship we have with him, right? Rather than because it is the law. Second Corinthians 9 says this, the point is this, whoever sows sow sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each, of, each one must give as he has decided to give in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And we want to be cheerful givers, right? We talked last week about putting God first in our lives. And tithing really exposes whether God really is first in our lives. Money is something that can so easily grab hold of our hearts and come above God. And God cannot be under anything else, right? He needs to be first in our lives. Tithing is almost like a little test in a way. When you look at different times where people were tested in the Bible, there's often the word, uh, the number 10 uh, attached around it. So if you think about it, right? Um, how many plagues uh, were there? 10. So Pharaoh's heart was tested 10 times, right? He had the opportunity 10 times to do good or bad. 10, 10 times he was tested. Uh, if you think about another one, how many commandments are there? 10. Oh, there's a bit of a pattern here, so you're going to pick it up, right? Right. So 10 commandments. So 10 things to follow that test uh, the way we behave, right? Um, how many virgins were there? Uh, hence, there was five foolish and five good ones. How many does that make? You are good at maths, people. I like it. There were 10 virgins, right? And they were tested in their behavior. Um, this is a bit harder maybe, but there is a pattern. Let me remind you. Uh, how many days was Daniel tested? 10. There you go. How many times were Jacob's wages changed? Yes. This 10 number often comes up in situations of testing, right? And it's a represent representation, if you like, of a test. And every month when we get paid... It's a bit like we're taking a test. Now, I know most of you don't like tests. I hated tests. In fact, I mostly showed up at school and people would be like, oh, do you know about this test we have today? Have you been, what, what do you think about that? And I'd be like, mm, what test? Anyway, that's another story. Um, who are we going to put first in our lives, right? Who are we really worshiping? Who has our hearts? And that's what we've been talking about last week. And that's what tithing represents. Who is first in our lives? We don't want to say God, right? I, I know our hearts. We don't want to be like, God, yes, God is first in my life. God is first in my life. We know that's the right answer, but our finances, do they reflect that? Tithing is known to be the first 10%, not just any 10%. See, it would be easy enough for me to go buy the groceries, to pay the bills, to buy whatever else I want this month with my money. And when there's something left, if there's something less be left, be like, God, 
here you go. Oh, wait, there's nothing left this month. I'm really sorry, God. Um, that doesn't require faith now, does it? Giving the first 10% requires faith, though, and putting our trust in God. It speaks to where our heart is at. And, and let me show you how important this principle is to God, right? This principle of first. Uh, we're going to look at the story of Cain and Abel. Uh, it's found in Genesis. I'll read it quick. Now I've got a lot to go through, so I better read it quick. Now, Abel kept flocks, it says, and Cain worked the soil, right? We know the story. Now it says this, verse 3. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruit of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions, from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Did you pick up on what's happening here? How come Cain's offering was not looked upon favorably by the Lord? Again, if we look at the detail of what's happening here, right? Cain, it says, in the course of time, Cain brought some of the soil, right? It's a bit like an afterthought, right? He's doing his job, whatever's going on. And then in the course of time, he has this thought, oh, let's give an offering to the Lord and then bring some of his soil to the Lord. Abel, though, brought the fat portion. That's the best portion of whatever he got, right? Of the firstborn of his flock. Can you see the difference? Can you see the prioritizing in Abel? Cain did not bring the first fruit from the land, the best to God, simply in the course of time. Throughout his harvest, he thought, let's give an offering to God. And that makes all the difference because God says in his word, right? You shall have no other gods before me. It's not that God wouldn't accept Cain's offering. He couldn't accept Cain's offering because he's God. He doesn't change, right? If he could change, he could get better. And God doesn't get better because he's best already, right? He is God after all. And so he couldn't accept Cain's offering because he wasn't put first in that sense. So faith in this giving it's giving God first. It's putting him first and giving to him first. The best part of whatever we have and trusting him with the rest. When we give him our first 10%, we place our faith and trust in him to provide, to multiply, to take care of us and our finances. And again, last week, we saw that he takes care of his children, right? The passage said, um, it talked about the birds and the grass and how God takes care of all of that. And if he takes care of all of that, even though the grass comes and goes away, how much more will he take care of his children? So we know that God will take care of us. So we give him the best and the rest is blessed. And that means that I believe that we should tithe 10%, the first 10% of whatever comes in. And I believe we should do it out of our gross income and not our net income. Now I'm getting into the details of things, but again, this is so important because I believe that when God says first fruit, he means first fruit, right? Before it's ours or the government's, it's God's. But again, it's not about a religious activity here. That's not what I'm talking about. It's about a heart response, and it might seem like a big chunk of money to give away, actually. And I'm conscious of that because I do it. But I promise you, I guarantee you, if you start doing this, if you're not yet doing it, or if you adjust the amount as a result of today, God will prove himself faithful to you. We've been doing this for years with Sharon. And uh, a few years back, actually, God even challenged us and said, and said to us to not only tithe 10% of our income, 
But tithe 10% of whatever came in. So any gift, any money, any sort of present from parents or things, any sort of blessing that came, give back 10%. Give back 10%. And I'm not, that's a personal conviction, right? I'm not saying you all have to do that. That's above the tithe. But just I, won't, I wouldn't be surprised if over time, as you continually surrender your finances to the Lord, he speaks to you about giving more. But you'll see, you will still lack nothing. I remember when um, we were in the process of buying our house, right? Uh, big deal buying a house, right? Loads of paperwork, loads of phone calls, loads of hours spent sorting everything out. And it, becomes this hu- it became this huge thing with the bank um, because uh, <laughs> they noticed, right? They have all the statements. They can see everything, where your money goes, how much money you're spending on snacks and, and TV subscriptions and whatever else. Um, but they could see, right, that a big chunk of our salaries... Every month was going away, first thing. And I remember being on the phone with this lady because she was arguing with us about whether we could qualify to get this loan for the house or not. And she was saying, look, um, I'm just trying to understand things here. And I was like, yeah, and I knew where this was going, right? Because to anyone that's not part of the church, this must look odd. So especially if your employer is the church, wait for it. So she goes something like, "Um, I'm just trying to figure things out here. So Kingdom Faith Church is your employer, right? I'm like, yes. Okay, and you get paid on the 25th of every month, right? Yes. Okay, so why is it that on the same day that that money comes in and you get paid, there's such a big chunk that goes right back out to Kingdom Faith who just paid you all that money? And I was like, well, (laughs) I don't know if you would get it, but it's important to me, right? So try to explain. She didn't get it. And then she started arguing with me. She was like, hey, it would really help you to qualify for this if you decided to take that money and keep it or at least give a bit less because then you have more to, you know, pay the mortgage and do all of that and whatever. And, And I told her, look, that's not an option. That's not an option for us. That's not a possibility for us. I'm sorry. We believe that this is the right thing to do and we want to, you know, continue to do that. Today, we still got the house, right? We still live in the house. God made a way, and over years, we've never lacked anything, right? Every time we needed provision, provision came in. God provided. If you look at my bank account, the start of every month, it may seem like I'm worse off than everybody else because I've already given away so much, if that makes sense. But in God's economy, things work differently, right? And I know some of you do this, right? I've had conversations with you the other uh, day. Marcel called me and was speaking about, we were speaking about tithing and he was saying about how, how tithing just unlocks so many blessings and how he's seen God's provision over and over again in his life. And he was here today. I would have asked him to share, but he's working. So um, I pray that he has a good shift at work. But uh, I've had conversation with other of you. Peter, you've said to me before, I cannot afford not to tithe. That I love that revelation because it's so true. We cannot afford not to tithe because why? 90% blessed is better than 100% not blessed. That's God's economy right there, right? It's so important to get that God redeems. He redeems whatever. Your mortgage company is not able to redeem anything. Tesco is not able to redeem anything. Visa is not able to redeem anything but God. God's able to do more abundantly than you can ask or imagine 90% blessed is better than 100% not blessed. God redeems, he increases, he provides. So tithing is an act of faith as well as a declaration of worship really to God, declaring he is first in our lives. Malachi 3.10 says this, I love this. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse 
that there may be food in my house. So that's the Lord speaking, right? Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. What a promise is that? What a promise is that? What is he saying? Hey, give that to me. Give your finances into my hand by trusting me with those 10%. And I will throw open the floodgates. I will bless you so much back in return. Actually, I think we need to, how much time do we have? Yeah, we have time. We're going to read the whole, the whole section there. Let me, um, I did not prepare for this. Let me get my app out. Go to Malachi 3 if you've got a minute, if you've got your Bible there. Because um, actually the whole thing, I mean, it's strong words, but it's, it's so important that we, we get that. Um, verse, so we start at 10. Let's just read the whole section. Let me find it. Uh, let's start at verse 6. I, the Lord, do not change, right? We've talked about that. God stays the same. So you, descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But, but you ask, how do we return? Will a mare... Oh, my phone just went. Hold on. My phone is doing weird things. Sorry, that's why it's usual, useful to have an actual Bible. Hold on. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offering. Right? So there's a whole context here. So what is God saying? Hey, you have not been honoring me. You have not been doing what I've asked in my decrees for you to do. And so that is why there is that thing between us. And then God says, return to me. How do we return? By not robbing me. What do you mean we're robbing you? And then God says, so, but you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offering. You are under a curse. Your whole Now, we are not under a curse, right? Because thank you, Jesus, for the cross. I want to make that clear. But you're under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests and from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nation will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord God Almighty. Now, how good is this truth that we just read? You will be called blessed, for yours will be a delightful land. But what is God, what is God saying there? It's pretty strong words, as I said. You're robbing God, right? You're robbing God. You, you, and I want to make sure you understand this. You're not robbing God of money because that would be the assumption because that's what the whole passage is about, right? God is not saying, you're robbing me of those 10% there. God doesn't need your money, right? God is God. He created the heavens and the earth. He has all the money he wants whenever he wants, right? He's more than able and he can provide in mysterious ways. He's, he doesn't need your money. What is happening is you're robbing God of the privilege to bless you. Right? It's so important to get that. God wants to bless you. But because you're not keeping his commands, not keeping his precepts, and again, he can't go against his principles so he cannot release the blessing. That's what we're robbing God of. And that's pretty strong words. I know that. But it's so important that we get, we have to read the whole truth. We can't pick and choose, right? When we do tithe, though, look at the blessing that we unlock. Again, we don't tithe so we get money. Get me right as well. 
But there's another principle at work throughout God's word. The fact that you can never outgive God. You can never outgive God. God is so good. The more you give away, somehow the more he gives back and the more is provided to you. He honors a cheerful giver. And again, we saw last week that God calls us to be a generous people. That was our third point. We managed to mention each and every one of our points from last week. That is pretty good people because God is a generous God. The question was never, can God get his finances to you? But can he get his finances through you? We call to be a blessing by living in the abundance of God's provision, but it all starts with the tithe. And it doesn't just unlock actually blessing on our finances. Uh, let's read this. This is amazing. Proverbs 3 says this, verse 7 to 10. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, because this doesn't make sense in the natural, right? I, I, I detest to that. This does not make sense naturally. I'm not blind to that. But do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes, right? Because if we were, we wouldn't give that amount of money. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. What is, it, what is the link there? The word is even linking tithing and giving away and sitting under that blessing to health to our bodies. Right? This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. How amazing is that? Right? Everything that a tithe is linked to. Now, notice how I've been mentioning you and God a lot and very little the church, right? And, and that's on purpose. And, and actually, I haven't been saying giving the tithe, but bringing the tithe. Why? Because we cannot give something that doesn't belong to us in the first place, right? We bring our tithes to God because it's all His anyway, and we're going to get into that in a second. But I've been mentioning the church very little because we often believe that we tithe into the church, and I understand why that is the case, but actually, we tithe to God, right? Let me illustrate that quickly, because, um, yes, tithes were to support the priests, the Levites in the Old Testament, or the New, in the New Testament, those who were serving the gospel, like Paul and all those guys, but they didn't actually go to the priests or apostles, they went to God. In Numbers, it says the following, right? The Lord said, I have given to the Levites every tithe that the people of Israel present to me. This is in payment for their service and taking care of the tent of my presence now the tent of his presence it would be today the church right um i have given to the now the lord says this i have given to the levites every tithe so what's happening is you tithe to god god decides in his wisdom to give back to the levites and the church it was god who gives back the tithe to the priests. so yes it comes back to the church eventually but because god ordained it that way so tithing is a matter of the heart, but it's also a matter between you and God. The church only gets it because, well, God chose to give it back that way for the work of his kingdom. So we can often hear, and I've heard that so many times, nice to see where our tithes go. Actually, no, that's not how it works because your tithe goes to God, right? And he gives back to the church. We, 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 we're talking a lot about a portion of money here. But it's important to note, and I said we would get into that, that at the end of the day, it's all God's anyway. It's all God's anyway. We're just stewards, hence why the title of our series, Stewardship, right? we just steward. It all belongs to Him because our lives belong to Him, right? When we said, God, 
Here I am, have my life, and I live for you. Galatians 2.20 says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So it's all his anyway. I remember Pastor Colin used to say this, and it, sticked, it stuck with me, it sticked with me, whatever. But stuck with me. Um, they, I, at one point of his life for many years, they used to live in community, right? Um, and, uh, and, and he had a car. And not everybody had a car, so his car was often borrowed. And whenever people would um, borrow the car, and sometimes some things would happen with the car or whatever, um, and whenever he was asked, he would always answer, go ahead, it's not mine anyway, it's the Lord's. And, and it's such a simple statement, but it shows such humility in Pastor Colin's heart and such understanding of the principles of the Lord, right? But Pastor Colin, believe you me, was still blessed right? It's the Lord's anyway. He understood that everything belongs to God. And if it can be a blessing, let it be a blessing. Let his blessings flow through us. At the end of the day, it's all God's anyway. Deuteronomy says this, you may say to yourself, my power and strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Isn't that so good? Because we can be proud of what we achieve. And, and we achieve things and we work hard and that's fair enough. But remember, who gives you the ability to do that? Haggai 2.8 says this, The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declare the Lord Almighty, saying everything is mine. I want to show you one last thing when it comes to tithing. I am sweating a bit. This one was quite amazing. First time I realized it, I was just amazed um, because, yeah, I had read this passage many times but never realized the meaning of it. And it also answers this question of the importance of being the first fruit, right? Uh, and, and what is first in our lives. Now, we've briefly mentioned earlier Jesus, um, and, and I've said it in passing, so maybe you didn't pick it up, but Jesus was actually God's tithe to the world, right? He gave the best of heaven in order to redeem us. He gave his one and only son, his first, his best and perfect son, so that you and I could be redeemed, right? And he did it as an act of faith. He didn't wait for us to be perfect, right? We know that. He did it because he knew it was the right thing to do. He knew he wanted to redeem us. He did it in faith in hope that we would turn to him one day. I want to read one last verse together. Exodus 13 says this. Now, it's going to sound out of place, but just go with me on this. You are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. All the first males of your livestock belong to the Lord. Redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey, but if you do not redeem it, break its neck. Redeem every firstborn among your sons. Now I said it, it's going to sound out of place, right? But everything in the Old Testament is applicable to us often. It's about the principle and the ideas behind of it, what it represents, right? So let's go with this. Now, when I first realized this, I told you it was so powerful. Pastor Robert Morris, he's um, pastor, senior pastor of Gateway Church in the States, um, the guy has such a depth of understanding on this. If you want to read anything to do with finances, with the tithe, read his book. It's called The Blessed Life. And then there's The Blessed Church as well. Um, you know how some people have like a life message? Like Pastor Collins would have been uh, in Christ Jesus, right? His is The Blessed Life. And he lives that out. Not, not because it's about becoming rich or anything like that. I'm not prosperity gospel, all of that, forget that. But just a depth of knowledge and understanding and revelation out of this. So he puts it like this, right? He says, see how God, about this verse, right? See how God is saying in that verse, you give the first offspring of every womb. So through that verse, we see that according to that scripture, either the firstborn is sacrificed or redeemed, right? You follow me? Either it's sacrificed or redeemed. So how do you know which one 
to do. Well, the donkey and lamb actually have significant um, imagery in the, in the Jewish custom, right? So the, um, the donkey was an unclean animal while the lamb was a clean animal. It was known as that. So what God is saying is that the clean one needs to be sacrificed in order for the unclean one to be redeemed. Do you start seeing where we're going with this, right? The unclean one needs to be redeemed so the clean one is sacrificed. Jesus was born clean. He was sacrificed. We were born unclean. We were redeemed through Jesus' sacrifice, right? God's tithe through his sacrifice, which is God's tithe, we are now redeemed. We are no longer unclean. We can belong to God. God tithed first. But notice this as well. If you don't sacrifice it, break his necks, you're still going to lose it, right? So better give it in the right place, right? So can you see how through Jesus' sacrifice, God's tithes, we are now redeemed. We are no longer unclean because the clean one was sacrificed so that we could be redeemed and we can belong to God. God tithes first in faith. In faith that we would worship him and turn to him. Our tithe is an expression of worship because every time we tithe, we respond to heaven. We respond to heaven, right? See, the initiative always lies with God. We always say that in regards to praying or anything like that, but it's valid for our tithes as well. God gave Jesus in faith. He gave the best of heaven to earth. So tithe the best of earth. So, sorry, so we tithe the best of earth back to heaven. And what's the best of earth? The first fruit, right? I want to finish by reiterating what I started with this message. Um, God wants to bless you. God wants to bless us. If you get anything out of this message, get that. This isn't about you having less. This is about you having more. This isn't about money as such. It's about heart. It's about who's first in our lives. This is for your benefit, not mine, not the church, not anything like that. God wants to bless you. He also wants to be, you, know, you to be a blessing. He wants to bless through you, right? And he wants to keep our hearts focused on him because that's where we find life. And tithing, giving, much like any other spiritual discipline, like fasting, prayer, worship, it may seem on the surface costly, but actually it yields the deepest blessings. If things maybe aren't going well for you. Maybe your heart is cold, frequent illnesses, money problems, lack of trust in God, broken relationships. I don't know what's going on. But one of the questions I'd ask is, are you tithing? It's not a fire, sure-proof way to solve all your problems, but if we're lacking in any of the spiritual disciplines, in any of the principles that God set in place, we'll inevitably see less of God's goodness in our lives because he's trying to give us but we are not doing a b and c we simply miss it we must also recognize that just like the other spiritual discipline tithing requires faith in god's grace right tithing is ultimately not about money but about our trust and security are we going to trust him to provide or are we going to trust ourselves to provide and make it till the end of the month in tithing we surrender our money lives and hearts in worship to him and as you give, trusting in God, leaning on his grace and not on your own understanding, you connect afresh with his heart. He leads us, blesses, graces us to grow in our dependence and surrender to him. So I want us today to simply ask God for a revelation of the joy there is in giving and tithing. Right? The joy that can be in our hearts with that. 
If there's coldness or hardness there, maybe spend a minute to say, hey, God, I'm sorry. And ask God to show you what this opportunity to express your love to him looks like. This is so important because tithing is about the heart. And God wants our heart more than he wants our money. Don't make it just a transaction either. Right? I want to encourage you to do that. Don't, don't flippantly like, oh, um, I don't do, I, this is details now, but we still have two minutes. Um, I don't do, um, what's it called? Something automatic that goes every month. A what? I don't do a direct debit with my tithe. Now, again, this is personal. But I want to make a point. Every 25th of the month when we paid with Sharon, we sit down first thing in the morning and we pray. Right? This isn't just a transaction. This is a, a, a significant moment spiritually. right? And, and we declare some things over our lives and over our house and over our family. Like the fact that I'm not the provider of the house. God is. And this was such a big thing for me. Because we don't have time to get into it. But I've been on such a journey with trusting God with finances. And I started very far back. Like trying to provide, trying to find every way to make more money. Trying to amass wealth. Because then I would feel more secure. Because then I would feel at peace. Because then I would feel like we don't have to freak out. And somehow God has always led us in positions where ah, that's not the way it worked out, right? Like we have to trust God. We had to trust God to provide. There was no other option. But so every month we make a point. We sit down together before anything else. 25th in the morning, we pray. And we declare, God, you are the provider of this house. I'm not. God, bless our finances. We give you this tithe. Multiply it. Bless kingdom faith as a result. Let's not just make it a transaction, right? And if you want to know more about everything, please come have a conversation. I'll be happy to share. But we are not the provider. God is, right? It's important to understand that. And so we spend that time doing this. Anyway, I want to finish with this verse. Revelations 5.12 says this. Worthy is the lamb, actually Sharon shared it at the very beginning of the service. Um, Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. When we declare God you're worthy, it's a loaded word. You have to understand that. And often we think, yeah, he's worthy of praise. He's worthy of power he's worthy of strength because he's he's you know he's powerful he's glorious he's perfect but what does it say there he's worthy of wealth he's worthy of wealth and so when we sing worthy are you god he's worthy of all our lives not just part of it he's worthy of it all including the wealth the money the finances thank you jesus when we sing worthy it has a strong meaning behind it we're going to pray and I'm going to play a song because actually this isn't a me laying hands on people or like this huge thing. Like this is between you and God. Like there's nothing that I can do to make you go on your bank account and readjust some stuff, right? But I want to give you a few minutes to just have that opportunity to check your hearts with God. And I need to do that often, Right? I need to ask God, hey, our finances are in your hands. Is there anything that you want us to do? Any way you want us to be generous? And, and I know God is stirring fresh things in my heart on how, how I need to be more generous in my life. Now, that goes beyond tithing for sure. But tithing is the base start thing of everything. So I want to give you a few minutes to 
have some time there and maybe ask God or maybe say sorry to God or say, hey, God, what does this mean for me? What do I need to do? And if you're at a point where you're like, God, I don't know if, I, if I'm fully there, if I fully trust that you're going to provide. Because if I really give away this chunk of money, I know, like, it's true for us. I don't know what your finances are like. But I know by giving this chunk of money away mathematically, I don't make the end of the month, right? Even with the rising costs, with everything. Now, I'm not saying this for, please understand my heart. I'm not after anything here, any pity, whatever. I'm more than blessed. And I live with a God of abundance. And every month, we dare and we have more than enough. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com. Thank you.